Hello, and welcome to Let's Talk About It with Taylor Nolan. Before I get into what we're going to be talking about today, I just want to give a reminder that on April 13th, I will be hosting a live podcast here in Seattle. First, like, let's talk about it event and obviously hope to come to different cities and meet you guys. Um, but for now, I'm just going to start in Seattle. Um, and you guys can use the code TAYMOCA10 or TAYMOCA5 for different discounts on VIP and on general admission. Um, I'm really, really, really looking excited to really looking forward and very excited, obviously, um, for this event, just because it's a little isolating doing podcasting. And I really just want to connect with you guys and um, invite you all into this conversation and um, meet you guys face to face. I mean, I love your emails that I get and I love your guys' reviews on iTunes, but it's going to be so much more wonderful to like see your guys' beautiful, lovely faces in person and feel the feels together. So um, the link to buy tickets is in my bio on Instagram at Tamoka, and it's also going to be in the episode notes for this episode. So you can check it out there. Again, it's April 13th. Uh, but now today we are going to get into therapy and mental health, which we kind of talk about every episode, but this episode we're going to get much more in depth. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about having a brand as a public therapist and also how to seek help. Um, I'm very, very happy to have our wonderful guest on today who you might recognize from YouTube. Her name is Katie Morton, and she's an LMFT who started her career over a decade ago with the hope of helping people who were struggling with mental illness. Um, Her career choice just so happened to also kind of coincide with this shift in the way that people were communicating about mental health and that a lot more of that was happening online instead of face-to-face. So Katie has been creating these mental health videos on YouTube for over seven years, um, and she just has this goal of making information readily available to all. Uh, To date, she's made over a 1,000 videos addressing various mental health concerns, and she also has a book called Are You Okay?, um, which tells you how to know if you how to know if you need help and then where you can find it too. Um, she also has a Patreon community that she has built up. So, so many different ways you guys can check her out and she's just been doing amazing work. So I'm super, super excited to have her here and to get into some of this. So thank you so much, Katie, for being here and welcome to the show. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, first, I want to start off with uh, my supervisor, um, Dr. Kurt Conda. He's a professor here at Antioch. Uh, said that he very much respects your work and was excited that I was going to be chatting with you. So he says Aww. hello. <laughs> um, Tell him I said hi. That's very sweet. <laughs> yeah. We've, uh, we've had a lot of conversations just about being a therapist and um, what that means to also have this presence on social media. And so when I told him I was having you on, he was like, oh yeah, she'll be a good person to consult with. <laughs> <laughs> Happy to help. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, and so you've been, you kind of started doing therapy um, back in like 2008. Is that right? Yeah. That's when I started, when I was in graduate school still. Do you know how you yeah. start like your practicum? Mm-hmm. That was yes. when I started my practicum. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then how long, like after that, like you've been making videos on YouTube now for about seven years, right? Um, yeah. And so that kind of started shortly after uh, you had started practicing. Yeah. Thank God. Uh, my supervisor, speaking of supervisors, <laughs> um, my my supervisor, Patty, was super supportive mm-hmm. um, because I wasn't licensed yet. As, as you know, it takes a yeah. while. In California, it's 3,000 hours. I know mm-hmm. every state has different amounts, but 
it just takes you a while to gather those hours. Um, and so she was all for it. She was like, this is a great way to use these tools and, and I support it. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, I started when I was, um, I was, I had graduated, but I was still an intern and I was working at an eating disorder treatment center Mm -hmm. and a hospital, you know, how you like Mm -hmm. wear a bunch of different hats. And I've always had, um, like some private practice patients, but it's Mm -hmm. never, it was never like my full thing because it's hard. Yeah. You know, um, but yeah, so I was doing three things. So I had my private practice, the hospital rounds, I was like per diem. So I'd float Mm -hmm. between hospitals Mm -hmm. and then, um, the eating disorder treatment center. Nice. Nice. Yeah. And I mean, thinking back to then, did, did any part of you have any idea that it would kind of blow up how it has and that you'd actually be like building a public brand around being a therapist? (laughs) <laughs> no, it's kind of funny because I never even thought it would make any money. Yeah. Like, because back then you couldn't make money mm-hmm. on YouTube. I don't know if people know that, but back in the day, yeah. there was no, like, I'm sure people were making money, but there was no, like, availability to monetize right away. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what the threshold was, but I had not met it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was really just a way. Um, for me to educate about what I knew mm-hmm. because, and I'm sure you feel this way too, but as therapists, we tend to get in these niches. So like, mm-hmm. okay, I work with anxiety. Yeah. I work with uh, addiction. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was, I work with eating disorders. And every time at the, inpa- it was an inpatient clinic that I worked at. Every mm-hmm. time we tried to refer someone out, I feel like I had no one to refer to because nobody really understood. And the mm-hmm. ones that did were full. Yep. Um, And so that's really how the channel started was just a way to educate about what I knew so that it wasn't like hidden, Mm -hmm. you know, that it was only available to certain people who lived in my area and could afford it. And so, yeah, that was how it started. Yeah. And I mean, it's, that's, you know, as, as, uh, as many negative and kind of obstacles the internet can bring, um, it at least does provide us a platform where we can kind of expand this community and make these kinds of resources available to everyone, um, as opposed to just the small kind of small community that perhaps needs it or has, uh, you know, been court ordered to receive this kind of education. <laughs> exactly. And, and it's also like, sometimes people just don't know what they don't know. Mm-hmm. And so it's a nice, uh, yeah, I think the internet or just any social media in general gives us the connectivity mm-hmm. and the empowerment that maybe people have been craving, but just didn't even know how yeah. to seek it out. Yeah. And so I guess kind of going backwards a little bit even more, uh, you started off um, working primarily kind of, it sounds like, with eating disorders and what kind of got you into being a therapist in the first place and wanting to pursue this kind of a career? Um, a couple of things. Uh, mm-hmm. First, I always enjoyed being the secret keeper yeah. for my friends. <laughs> And I know I love when people weird... give honest answers. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like I I took such pride in yeah. like you know I'm a vault. Mm-hmm. I lock it up. You tell mm-hmm. me your secret. I won't tell anybody. Um, and I also just enjoy people because yeah. between you and I, like I get super super bored. Yeah. Like every other job, I just once I've like mastered it, I'm bored. Mm-hmm. And so I this is the only job that I could do because patients change mm-hmm. and people change and I change. Yeah. Um, it's, it's always ever evolving and always mm-hmm. a challenge. And yeah. so, and always fulfilling, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, that's, that's what kind of started and then why I've continued. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I totally agree. That's one thing that I always say is like, uh, it's, it's every day is going to be different. Every client story is going to be different. And not only are you seeing them grow and you're helping them grow, but 
through them, you learn so much about yourself. And so for me, I'm like, I love just doing the work. Like I love doing the work personally. I love sharing that space for other people to do the work. And it's like, it's just, it is so fulfilling. Um, yeah, I, yeah, it's I, it's very different than any other kind of career. I think that it that it offers that one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, and so then you, as you were starting with creating this kind of content on YouTube for people, um, and you were kind of fulfilling all these different hats. I'm curious for you, like, how did that start to impact the work that you did? Like, how what's that kind of uh, threshold or, or timeline like? how that started to impact um, the work that you were doing? I think there's a couple ways it's impacted it. The first is just time. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something I was just talking to my husband about yesterday where I was like, I've reached a point where I feel like it's I'm time poor. Yeah. You know, like there's only so much I can do and also just only so much I can focus and take care of myself. Mm-hmm. Like I'm very aware of like when I need to get back in therapy, when I need to yeah. take a break, like this week is kind of a slower week for me and I'm mm-hmm. enjoying it. That's why I was like, I tried this yoga class Yeah, <laughs> for better, for worse, almost killed me, but I'm okay. Um, yes. And so the time constraints has been de- a definite impact because for instance, like mm-hmm. four years ago, I quit working at the eating disorder treatment center in the hospital and okay. I just have private practice patients. Wow. So um, you're do- you were doing all five, four of those up yeah. until four years ago. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it was a lot. Um, and it was a challenge and sometimes people are like how, and I was also putting out five videos a week for a while and people are like, how'd you do that? And mm-hmm. I, I honestly, I don't know if I like dissociated or just forgot about it, but I'm like, I don't know. I don't even remember. I have no recollection. Like (laughs) it just happened. I don't know. Um, That's a lot. Yeah, it was a lot. Um, And the thing I think it was enjoyable, like Mm -hmm. it didn't feel like work. And then when it started to feel like work is when I was like, things have to change. Like I have to shift what I'm doing. Um, So that's definitely impacted just my availability for time. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing that's been an an impact that I, I didn't, I mean, if I think about it, looking back, I should have been like, yeah, that could, I could see that happening, mm-hmm. but it never crossed my mind was just the challenge to get out of my comfort zone and learn about things and misspeak, say things that aren't, yes. aren't correct mm-hmm. and learn along with my viewers. I think mm-hmm. the challenge for me to be better and mm-hmm. to learn more and to reach out to other colleagues to have yeah. them share, um, mm-hmm. that has really been the biggest, it's had the biggest impact on yeah. me as a therapist and as a person. All right, it's time for a small break here with a message from one of our lovely sponsors. Um, honestly, I've, I've walked uh, downtown to my office to record this episode today. And on my way down here, I actually found in my backpack my old wire headphones. And I'm so happy I didn't have to like fidget with them a bunch because honestly, it's 2019 and everyone needs a great pair of wireless earbuds. Um, just really got to get with the times here. And Raycon actually, has earbuds that start at about half the price of any other premium wireless earbuds on the market and they sound just as amazing. So thankfully I didn't have to worry and struggle with my 
old headphones and just walked downtown with my lovely wireless headphones and just felt like a badass. Um, so you guys should go to buyraycon.com and use promo code Taylor20 to get 20% off of your order and like get with the times, like stop hassling with the wires of your headphones. Again, that's promo code Taylor20 at buyraycon.com for 20% off Raycon wireless earbuds. If you've been eyeing a pair, now is the time to get on this amazing deal. One more time, that's buyraycon.com with promo code Taylor20. So I hope you guys get with it, take advantage of this wonderful offer, and we can get back to some mental health and the show now. One thing that I know like I experienced so much of is just like, well, you know, I, I don't know how, how old you were when you finished your master's, um, but even 25. then- five. Yeah. I think it was 25 or 24. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I'm 25 now. And, um, even, even now I I still get that of like, well, you don't have enough experience yet to even speak on these things. You know, some reviews even that I get are like, Taylor needs more experience before she can talk about these things. And, Uh um, for you to be so young and be, um, creating this content and then also working in these different, uh, kind of populations, like how did you go about handling that? Like, did you ever get that kind of feedback online even? It's funny. I think because online is so young, I mean, Mm -hmm. not anymore, but when I started, it was definitely younger. It skewed like teens. And so I didn't because I was already older than them, but Mm -hmm. I have gotten that feedback in practice sometimes. And I'm sure your supervisors have told you the same that they told me, which is like, what would it mean to you if I was younger than you? What would it mean Mm -hmm. if I was older? Mm -hmm. Um, so I think, I think the thing that hopefully people will realize is it's not just experience that makes us mm-hmm. good therapists. And also, I mean, as, so I'm 35 now, so I've been practicing mm-hmm. for a long time and I prefer personally, I'm like, I'd love to see someone who's just out of school because they are like fresh. Yes. Like they, they know what's mm-hmm. new. They know how to utilize CBT like to the T yeah. of it. Whereas, I mean as we get more comfortable, Mm -hmm. we lose an edge, I think. And Mm -hmm. that's not to say that we can't, you know, regain that through CEUs and just challenging ourselves. But I, I almost prefer Mm -hmm. a younger therapist because I feel like they're, it's fresh in their mind. Yeah. No, I actually very much appreciate that approach because I was just having that thought process. Um, I've been having a lot of like neck pain. And so I was like, oh, like I should maybe go get acupuncture. And uh, Bastier here, which I'm I'm sure you know, Bastier in Washington, um, they're a great school. And uh, so they're also a clinic and you can go in and get acupuncture from a student. And they work with a supervisor. And on one hand, my brain was like, oh, wait, do I maybe want someone that's more experienced and you know all this? And then I was like, actually, no, like I'd rather see a student because they have a lot to like ride on this. Like they're not only are they, is it all fresh in their head and they're like working their asses off, but like they also, you know, are, they have a lot to lose. Like they're working really hard. (laughs) So I'm like, even as a like young therapist, it's like, yeah, you're actually really working your ass off and you are like trying to pay super close attention to everything you're saying and trying to make sure you're getting everything right. And I mean, to speak to kind of what you said, learning even, you know, that sometimes you don't say the right thing and how you deal with that. um, I think there is so much pressure for that, especially as a therapist. Um, And I'm curious how you've, how you have handled that like emotionally when that's happened for you, whether it was on YouTube in a video of you saying something that you needed to correct or with a client and how, how you've dealt with that. 
Yeah, I mean, it's been different different ways mm-hmm. depending on the medium, I guess. So in practice, I think um, it's a little bit easier. It's like more of a gray, soft yeah. area, right? Like you're working with someone. So mm-hmm. if, if a patient tells me in session, like, well, that's not what it felt like for me. Yeah. And I can say, oh, I'm sorry. You know, mm-hmm. let me, then how does it feel for you? Like we correct it immediately. When it comes to things online, um, it's out there, mm-hmm. you know, and like, for instance, I did misspeak about, uh, there's two instances. Mm-hmm. I remember I was putting out a bipolar video and we ended up, uh, having to reshoot that day, edit and get it out because I misspoke where I said that mania has to last for two weeks mm-hmm. and it only has to last for one. I could have put text on the screen, but I didn't want anybody listening to it to yeah. misunderstand. And I, I, and Sean, my husband is the one that does the editing and stuff. And mm-hmm. he's like, uh, we should have caught this like way before. Yeah. Um, and he's right, you know, and so we've, we've changed how we edit and how I edit mm-hmm. for content and stuff like that. But so there's that where it just didn't go out. Mm-hmm. And then there was one about selective mutism where I misspoke. And so I just took the video down mm-hmm. and I remade it. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, in the video that I remade, I said to them, I was like, I'm not perfect. Mm-hmm. I never, I never pretended to be, thank you for letting me know, you know, that I said something you didn't agree with mm-hmm. and citing references of things that yeah. show different. And so here we go. So let me know what you think about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was kind of how I dealt with it. Cause I felt like if anything, as therapists, I, for, part of our role is to like, not mimic, but give an example of a healthy communication in yeah. a relationship and that you can tell me you don't agree. You can be mad. Mm-hmm. You can get angry. And that doesn't mean that I'm going to go away or yeah. that I'm going to punish you. Mm-hmm. It means that, that we're going to talk about it and we're going to come to a resolution. Mm-hmm. And so I think when it came to like me misspeaking, it's obvious, like I'm wrong. Yeah. And so I just have to admit I'm wrong because mm-hmm. I'm not perfect. I don't know everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that scenario, it was kind of funny because I'd read and I talked to a colleague and I think I just wrote it down wrong. Hmm. And so, and that's my fault. Yeah. And so it was, um, but yeah, it was a learning for me. And I think we're always learning and I, I'm sure it'll happen again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's that doesn't life. make you a bad person, doesn't make you a bad therapist. Um, I think no. those are even some of the negative thoughts that we might end up telling ourselves in those kinds of situations. Yes. Um, you know. I, I know there have definitely been things that I've said on the podcast where I'm like, yeah, I, you know, where I've had to go back and be like, oh, it was actually this thing, not that thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, my bad. And um, I think I actually end up overcompensating in that way. And so I try to speak very tentatively about things. <laughs> I know, but that's the thing. Is, then I struggle with that too, because it's like, no, I'm not perfect, mm-hmm. but I do have an expertise. We did go to school. We yes. are we are licensed therapists. That says mm-hmm. something. And, and part of it, I wonder, like, I think part of it's a female thing and yes. I'm not saying male versus female, but mm-hmm. definitely that, that whole, um, imposter syndrome mm-hmm. of like, I, who am I? Yeah. I don't know. And I definitely like, even to this day, when I go to speak at conventions and there's other keynote speakers, I'm mm-hmm. like, oh my God, like, yeah. who am I? Yep. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm doing. I still feel that. And I'm like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know if it'll ever go away because like I'm 35. I've been practicing mm-hmm. for, a, for a long time, for yeah. 10 years or over 10 years. Um, and so it's like, I don't know. It's just an interesting battle because I don't pretend to know it all, mm-hmm. but I don't, I don't think either of us needs to discredit the work that we do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's this weird balance. Mm-hmm. Totally. And I don't know if, if there's been 
anything in your life that's maybe exacerbated that kind of thought. But I know for me, at least, especially I was on The Bachelor and there's a lot of like negative feedback around just being a therapist and being so young as well. And so it was a lot of like, you know, oh, you think you know everything and blah, blah, blah. And so mm-hmm. it it did really sink in for me this, you know, almost shaming of like acting and and the confidence in myself and knowing like, well, yeah, I did go to school. Like I do know these things. Like this is just what this is. And like, I'm not saying I'm better than anyone else. I'm just saying this is, this is what it is. And, um, it's been an interesting process to kind of get some of that confidence back because I think that is something that especially women can struggle with of just being like confident in their intelligence. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't know why it's so difficult, but it is, Mm -hmm. you know, and like, I think part of it's just how we talk to ourselves. I always tell people online and even like, uh, even my friends and like patients and stuff, I'm always Mm -hmm. like, don't think because I'm a therapist means I have all my shit together. Yeah. It just means I know better, Mm -hmm. which is almost worse. Yes. Because (laughs) when I do something that I'm like, oh, or I think poorly about myself Mm -hmm. or I'm talking nastily to myself, Mm -hmm. I just know it's not good. Yeah. But, and then I think that's where it is important to remind yourself that like, yes, you know, these things, yes, you are a therapist, but you're not a robot. No. You're and human. Still. Yeah, exactly. Which I think is really important. And I think that's what makes therapy so beneficial and so mm-hmm. great is that it's a human connection. Yeah. Cause sure. I'm, I'm sure there's some AI that could like take your symptoms mm-hmm. and th- it's like WebMD. Yeah. Take your symptoms, tell you, you know, you mm-hmm. have depression yeah. and send you on your way, tell mm-hmm. you what to do. But it, that's why we know through research that the best outcomes come from the therapeutic relationship, yeah. that we need that connection. Yeah. And I think I did, I'm pretty sure one of my friends who's very like involved in tech actually was telling me that there was a article about all these things that are transforming into AI and being robotic and that like the one career that's like computers are never going to be able to take is being a therapist. <laughs> and I was like, yep, yep, I'll be safe. Yeah. Um, but I want to ask a, a little bit about just kind of balancing, um, you still are working with your private practice? Yeah. yeah. It's just two half days a week and it's a little tricky. It's mm-hmm. been tricky over the years, like having to let go of patients that are higher needs. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I travel more. Yeah. So my patients right now are pretty high functioning mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just ethically. I mean, yeah. if anybody out there is a therapist, you know, it's, it's ethic, ethical dilemmas when you want to keep seeing them, but you know, mm-hmm. you aren't the best fit anymore. Yeah. All right. It's time for a little break. I have some messages for you guys from our lovely sponsors. You guys have heard me talk about Puppo before, but I want to share with them again because honestly, we have so many things that we personalize to ourselves and why are we not personalizing our animals' foods? I I, I honestly am surprised that we haven't started doing this a lot sooner. Um, we have two family dogs. We have Mingo and Molly and Molly's a pit and Bing- Mingo is a beagle. Um, And yeah, it just makes sense that they would probably be, they have different needs um, and that they would be requiring different kinds of food. Uh, So Puppo actually gives personalized nutrition from all sizes and ages and wellness goals and ingredient sensitivities for your dog so that their personalized needs and preferences are being met. So it's not generic. Each uh, recipe is tailored specifically to your dog um, with quality, wholesome ingredients, plus essential vitamins and nutrients. Um, They are super easy to use too. They just come, you order it online and it 
you don't have to like lug these huge uh, bags of dog food around. Um, so I highly recommend that you guys try out Puppo for your dog. Um, it gets delivered right to your door. It's super easy to use. You guys can visit puppo.com slash Taylor to get 14 days of personalized dog food delivery for only $9. Again, that's puppo, P-U-P-P-O.com slash Taylor to get 14 days of personalized dog food delivery, personalized, uh, for only $9. So make sure you guys check them out and we can get back to the show. I have so many questions around this notion and, and it's something I get a lot of questions about as well. And I've, I've talked a little bit on the podcast about, but there really aren't a lot of people in situations similar to us where you're a therapist and you have this like public platform on social media. Uh, so it really is kind of like this small little niche. Um, <laughs> but I'm curious if you've had any... Um, like how you go about explaining that with clients. If most of the clients that you've had, you've had since the beginning and so they just kind of get it or, you know, how you go about getting new clients. I have, I have a ton of questions. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So first and fair, that's fair. Those are totally fair yeah. questions. Um, I've had, it depends on the patient. Some mm-hmm. of my patients, um, it, I just let them like graduate from therapy. Yeah. Like I knew I was whittling down my practice a little bit. Mm-hmm from like three full days and just as like they graduated from high school, um, and went on to college Mm -hmm. or as they, um, you know, we're doing better. I'm just going to take a break. Then I let them know that, you know, Mm -hmm. I am lowering the amount of hours. So if you call and I don't have us have availability, I have Mm -hmm. here some referrals. Um, and those weren't so difficult. Those were just kind of like timing, like Mm -hmm. letting them roll out as, as they want it, which is the ideal scenario. Yeah. And that was maybe like four or five patients, Mm -hmm. um, over a year. And then, there were probably another four or five that were like higher needs, you know, mm-hmm. in and out of the hospital or, um, you know, I was seen two or three times a week. Yeah. Um, and so those were more like just finding a good fit and transitioning mm-hmm. slowly, um, for better, for worse, you know, some throw t- get upset and yeah. want to throw tantrums or I'm never coming back, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. or like, you know, cussing you out. That's totally fair. It's yeah. fine. It's kind of part of the process. Mm-hmm. Yep. I've been there. <laughs> yeah. And then have, hopefully my hope is that they had that healing experience where mm-hmm. I did not react. Yes. It was a conversation and I understand mm-hmm. you're upset and that's okay. You mm-hmm. know, all that. Um, and so there were definitely some of those. And so that's kind of how that mm-hmm. happened. Yeah. Um, and it was just, it was slow. It was over. Mm-hmm. Honestly, if I'm being completely honest, it probably took about two years. Yeah. Which I feel like is a, an ample amount of time. Mm-hmm. And like, do you have a kind of, uh, like disclosure statement or a conversation initially when you start with a new person of like that, you know, that, that you do have this presence publicly or that they bring that to you? Um, a little bit of both. It depends. Mm-hmm. Like some of my older patients aren't online very mm-hmm. often and they don't really yeah. care. Yeah. And I may mention to them, I use it kind of as a resource. Like let's say a patient was just newly diagnosed. Mm-hmm with bipolar one. Mm -hmm. And then I'll say, um, you know, I have a video on YouTube, um, explaining what it is. Mm -hmm. It kind of helps me with the psychoeducation component where I'm like, I want you to kind of understand what the diagnosis you've been given is. And then I want you to come back and if you don't agree, or Mm -hmm. if you have follow-up questions to it. Mm Um, and so that's kind of how I, I usually try to manage it Mm -hmm. and use it, but younger people, um, almost always know, Mm-hmm. And so with that, I have to be very careful about what patients I take. So then 
referral resources are like, I only take patients from a few of my colleagues who I know, like, cause I can't, and this is like, might be offensive to some of my viewers, but it can't be a fan because then the relationship is off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was going to be one of my questions of like, do you get people that try to come to you because they've followed your videos and like how you, how you deal with that? Yeah. All the time. Mm -hmm. And it's, I mean, it's not that, I mean, I have taken a few of them mainly based on need or yeah. uh, functioning or whatever. But for the most part, I don't because you need to see me as an equal, mm-hmm. not as a celebrity at all. Yes. Um, yeah. That's the really tough part. It is. And I, I don't really talk about it online openly mm-hmm. because I don't, first of all, I don't want people to get mad or upset yeah. or whatever. But also I think it's like, uh, it's hard to explain. Mm-hmm. It's hard to explain how their view of me and my presence online could shift how the therapy goes. Yeah. And it's really, again, back to ethics, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's unethical for me yeah. to have someone in my practice who sees me as some all-knowing celebrity mm-hmm. online or something, because at the end of the day, I'm still a regular person. I'm still yeah. a therapist and it's about you, not me, you yes. know, and mm-hmm. that dynamic can really shift and yeah. mess it up. Yeah, I've um I've gone through the process of uh writing like a full out like media disclosure statement for my practice and um have had several like ethics consultations with ACA and um mm-hmm. I spoke with uh Dr. Jen Mann who's also in uh California and she hosted VH1's couples therapy and um worked with all kinds of celebrities and whatnot. And uh, one of the things that that she said to me was, you know, she only sees clients at her practice that she knows through referrals uh, for that specific reason, because people would, you know, drive really far or something or just have these kinds of things where it's like they're going above and beyond to have this therapy session. And and it, it throws off the power dynamic, which throws off the entire relationship, which throws off the entire effectiveness of the work. 100% 100% exactly. And yeah. I think it's something that I never thought about at the beginning. That's why mm-hmm. I had seen a few patients and those patients did well. And like one, mm-hmm. you know, got a higher level of care and then liked that therapist so much. It was an easy transition out. Yeah. Um, but it, it is, it's, it's all about the dynamic. It's mm-hmm. all about that relationship. And I think we have to protect it as much as possible. And since mm-hmm. like, like I'm always telling my viewers, like I'm the responsible party in that, yes. like it's my ethics, it's my legal responsibility. Mm-hmm. And so because I know that that's not okay, it's yeah. almost like an odd dual relationship that yep. through media, mm-hmm. um, you have to protect the patient. Yeah. And I'd be curious, I, I almost, I want to send you my disclosure and see what you think of it. Um, because mm-hmm. it, I think it is so difficult to talk about and you don't want to offend anyone, but at the same time, it is so important to someone's treatment um, and and to really someone's whole concept of, of therapy, you know, of someone just wanting to come and see you for therapy because of who you are. And it's like, well, well, no, like this is supposed to be about you. So, so, you know, like, what do you actually want to be getting out of this? <laughs> exactly. And like, w- am I the right fit? Mm-hmm. Because I don't know if they'd be able to properly judge that mm-hmm. if they see, if they have me on a pedestal, mm-hmm. you know, that really I don't belong on. It yeah. just, they're just comfortable with me because they've seen me online mm-hmm. and it's, it's not about me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you said, it. it's like the one time I'm just like, it doesn't matter who I am. Yeah. It matters how you feel when you're with me and mm-hmm. if you feel the connection, you yeah. know? So do you, um, how then do you go about kind of establishing boundaries with, with new people or, or with, with 
with clients that you've had for a while who, you know, if they bring in stuff about your videos, I mean, I think one of the big differences that I have to consider when I think about putting myself in your shoes and asking you some of these questions is a lot (laughs) more of your content is very brand specific to being a therapist and not so much of your personal life. Um, I'm curious how that's even been for you because there are some things personally that are out there like on your Instagram and stuff, less than your videos, I think. But um, yeah, I don't know. Boundaries are so important when we think about ethics and when we think about like being a therapist, but also having social media and like how, what those boundaries have looked like for you. Yeah, it's been... um Back in the day, it was very rigid. I am, mm-hmm. so I do DBT, dialectical behavior therapy, and CBT, which are very boundary driven. Mm-hmm. And, and it, and therapy in general, you shouldn't know much about your therapist. Yeah. And so for years and years and years, I think because I was doing so many things and seeing so many patients, like the thought that something could get out that could change the dynamic of the relationship, I was very, and I still am very protective. People don't really know that much about me. Mm-hmm. Like they kind of do, but not really. And that's yeah. kind of by design because. It, I feel like it would sully my my ability to be an effective therapist mm-hmm. potentially, right? Mm-hmm. Because of what people would know. Yeah. And so I don't share much about myself um, in videos. I don't share much. I think Instagram is probably the most personal. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really just kind of me bopping through my day. It's not that exciting. Yeah. And sometimes I'm just talking to the camera and I'm like, all I've been doing today is like responding to emails and doing the research. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really have anything to share with you. Um, and so I think it's, I've, I've tried to hold that to a pretty, pretty strict or restricted, you know, mm-hmm. um, but it, I'm not perfect either. Yeah. And I don't, I've never shared anything that I've regretted because mm-hmm. I don't really, I don't really share much to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the thing is like, but I try to keep it so that if someone else, like if a patient of mine saw it, mm-hmm. they wouldn't have any thoughts about mm-hmm. about that or any, you know. I yeah, don't know. that's something that we've, with my supervisor and other clinicians that I talk with, that we kind of go back and forth on of like, you know, I feel very strongly wanting this boundary on my social media to be like, this is my personal social media. Like I can say and act how I want and I don't want to be second guessing everything I do in the back of my head and thinking, you know, well, what would, what would a client think if they saw this? And I know it's, it's difficult because you're kind of torn, like as a professional, yes, you do consider that, but you also are not only a professional, like you have many other parts of yourself. (laughs) So it's like this weird... (laughs) It is. And I, for a while, kept my Instagram private. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I was like, why am I doing that? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I totally understand. And I, I totally feel you on this Yeah, because it is, it is tricky. And, and there are tons of things. I don't, I swear to God, there's not a week that goes mm-hmm. by that I don't want to vent about something, say something yeah. on Instagram, but I won't mm-hmm. because of what that could be interpreted as. Yeah. And do, but I'm fine with that, mm-hmm. you know. And now there's like your close friends, so technically I could like still send me venting about something yeah. to like my close friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I like whenever it is something like that, it, it tends to be something that I'm. Not, it makes me consider like, why am I not proud or? Hmm. think it's okay that I think this way, you know, it, it like challenges me. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, is it me judging how I feel? Mm-hmm. Am I not allowing myself to feel how I feel? Yeah. Or 
is it that I'm being negative and I don't want people to think I'm that kind of person. Yeah. But so it's almost like therapeutic that I don't share because it Mm -hmm. forces me to be like, (laughs) why don't I want to put that out there? Yeah. Yeah. It's, and I, I totally see it. And, you know, I've had these kind of moments with myself as well where, you know, I, I definitely could take more of that kind of approach and, um, make my brand more specific to being a therapist. And for whatever reason, I'm very stubborn and I, and I just, I want to fight against that so hard and be like, don't put me in the box of being a therapist. Like it's just one part of who I am and I'm going to show all these other parts. Um, but it is this like, you know, especially when it comes to how you're personally feeling and how you're personally, uh, what your personal experience is. You know, there are times where I'm like, I'm having a really shitty, shitty week. And I'm like, I really feel so low. And, you know, you're going through social media and it's just this highlight. And you're like, oh, like I want to spice it up. And, you know, maybe if I share how I'm feeling, I won't feel so alone. And maybe someone else won't feel so alone. And so, you know, I'll take that risk to share something and Mm -hmm. there is always this big fear of like oh shit like people are gonna come after me of like oh well you're a therapist and you know you shouldn't be uh thinking like that or like I wouldn't want to see a therapist that you know deals with that kind of a struggle and yeah all those ridiculous things. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's good. Like, I think that's something that I've tried to fight against in the same mm-hmm. way like that with my channel is it's important for people to know that therapists are people too. Mm-hmm. And I think that, I don't know, I, I've like, I've joked and we've even created these hats for a little while that say empathic badass because mm. I definitely like feel things mm-hmm. and I can get like a vibe from a room and it can ruin my day or, yeah. it can, you know. And part of that's like healthy boundaries and Mm -hmm. me just having my guard down. Yeah. But I think it's important for for everybody to know that we're people too. Mm -hmm. We have bad days too. Mm -hmm. Just because I know better doesn't make me immune to it. Yeah. Um, You know, and I think there is some, it's kind of like within therapy as a whole, we talk about how you can share a little bit about yourself when it helps your patient Mm -hmm. know that you understand. Yes. And like you can empathize with their situation. And so Mm -hmm. I think we could treat it in the same way we would treat that. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I share online that like I lost my dad. He died when I was in grad school and that was really hard for me. And I was in therapy a lot. And it doesn't, Mm -hmm. I don't think that makes, uh, makes me look weak. I don't think that changes the dynamic. Mm -hmm. I don't think that, you know, um, Mm -hmm. I think it's okay to share a little bit and to be like, I'm not just a therapist. I'm a human too. Imagine that, you know, I also enjoy outdoor activity and maybe I'm a fashionista and maybe I like to cook. (laughs) Like there's, we are people. That's just, that's my job. Mm -hmm. And I love my job, but it's, it's just one part of me. It's like one of the many hats that we wear. Yeah. Yeah. And one piece actually that I've included in my disclosure statement is where, you know, part of what I do share is there is somewhat of that thought process of like, will this be beneficial for people? And even in sharing, you know, like I commented on like the R. Kelly documentary and, you know, I've talked about, um, you know, Trump occasionally and these things that are very sensitive and that with uh, clients, you know, obviously in session, I wouldn't be like, hey, so what were your thoughts on R. Kelly? Like, <laughs> that's not a conversation that we're having. Um, but that part of our duty as 
therapist is to advocate for marginalized groups and to support communities of people who are underserved and, um, you know, that in part of my sharing, while it may be things that not every client would agree with, um, but that not only is that A, important to me personally, but B, it's also, it actually is somewhat in alignment with my professional values. Um, but having that whole, you know, having to explain all of that is, uh, can be a little bit tricky. Um, yeah. Because it, it's, it is easier in, in one sense for people to make sense of you as just a therapist. But what I've actually been finding more and more, you know, through social media, and I'm curious what kind of feedback you've gotten about this, but um, where people actually, for the most part, what I've seen, actually really enjoy when they're able to learn more about their therapist. Like I'm sure for some people, the fact that you have a social media presence is like comforting to them and they feel like they can see you as like a person. Um, Whereas someone who has no presence whatsoever that they might feel like this person can't relate to me and, you know, I don't really know anything about them. And it's interesting because even in uh, my my current partner now sat in on a personal therapy session and, you know, he had all these questions for my therapist and really wanted to like learn about her. And I could tell Mm -hmm. it was like, that was a part of before he puts that wall down that he like wanted to feel like there was a connection. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think there is something to that too, because how, I mean, for instance, I have tried to help my mom find a therapist for years. Um, and some of them have worked for a bit and then they've retired or it just Mm -hmm. wasn't a good fit. And how much information do you find out about therapists online? Like nothing. Yeah. Like maybe if you're lucky, they're super savvy and they have their mm-hmm. own website yeah. and you get to see a photo in a bio, mm-hmm. but it's so clean. It's yeah. so, uh, I don't know, like You don't get a sense hospital. of like personality or anything. No, not yeah. at all. And so I think, um, I think that, uh, being online does lend itself to that and it allows us to give them a little bit more mm-hmm. of the personality that maybe they've been craving. Um, and so I think that it, it's kind of a, it's a tool and it can be really helpful and it can allow people to feel more connected more quickly, which mm-hmm. I think is great. Obviously, again, it's like we're not oversharing, yeah. but, but we are, you know, giving a little bit of ourselves so that they, they feel like they can get it. Mm-hmm. I think that's important to feel, I mean, I, I have a specific type of therapist I always look for. And I think it's because I feel it has to be a woman. She has to be kind of Mm hippie-ish, you know? And I think it's like something about that just makes me feel like she won't judge me. Yeah. She's totally relatable and she's casual. Mm -hmm. I could never see someone who wore a suit um, Mm -hmm. or talked, you know, is really stuffy. And I think that, you know, people can judge us based on the, like the bare bones of things, like Mm -hmm. uh, whether they have like certain specifications that they, maybe they didn't even know, like preferences. Mm-hmm. Um, they can see it online and decide for themselves before having to invest hundreds of dollars in yeah. sessions, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's, um, these are unfortunately all the things that prevent people from getting help in the first place because it can feel like there are so many different things to account for and all that anxiety of not knowing um, what the person's going to be like that it's almost easier sometimes to just be like, you know what, I'm just going to deal with this myself because this all seems very scary to deal with. Um, Totally. Especially we're like at our worst then, right? mm -hmm. Like when we need therapy is usually because something's going on. And if, if like the, I don't know, it's like anything when you start something new or you're going to try something or even like getting in to see your doctor, Mm -hmm. like, oh, I have to, 
if my doctor doesn't take my insurance anymore, I have to call my insurance. I have to get this list and I have to call. I have to try to make this appointment. I have to fit it in my schedule. Like, and that's like an easier thing than a therapist because you don't, it doesn't really matter if you feel connected and really like your doctor. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So it's like the entry is, is really can be challenging Mm -hmm. for people, I think. Yeah. And that's also, I believe, part of why you wrote your book, Are You Okay? Um, Mm -hmm. To help people along with that process. And I'm so happy that you did that because so many of those questions, I feel like I get on a daily basis. So I can't even imagine how much you get them on a daily basis with your public brand being so specific (laughs) to being a therapist. Um, So I think it's a great tool that that you've developed for people. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I'm ho- I'm hopeful that it is just like that where to start, what to ask kind mm-hmm. of thought, you know, because I think back to what we talked about at the very beginning, like people don't know what they don't know. Yeah. Like often we don't even know what questions to ask because we're, we're not aware of what the process is or mm-hmm. maybe we're not even aware that therapists have specialties mm-hmm. or that there's different types of therapy. Like yeah. I don't think people talk about that stuff enough. Um you know, or, I mean, I, I get asked all the time, like when, how bad does it have to be before I need to see someone? And I'm like, it doesn't have to it be bad at all. Yeah. <laughs> it does not have to be bad at all. <laughs> no, everybody can benefit, but, but those are just things that I feel as a therapist, I take for granted that I understand that, that mm-hmm. I know how it works and, and why should we be the only ones that know and understand that, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So hopefully the book, it allows people to, to feel empowered, mm-hmm. to make good decisions, you know? Yeah. And um, the link for that will be put in the episode notes so listeners can check that out. Um, But then you've also developed this community on Patreon. You've moved from YouTube over to Patreon. And so I'm curious for you, like how that content or community differs. Um, yeah, Patreon. I mean, I love Patreon. They've been, Mm -hmm. I, I love the people at Patreon. I love the idea of Patreon. Um, Mm -hmm. For those of you who don't know, Patreon is a way for people to support YouTubers Mm -hmm. who wouldn't be able to support themselves otherwise. And so because my content isn't really like, uh, it's not, there's not going to be a viral hit. I'm not getting like 4 million views Mm -hmm. a video, you know, like Mm -hmm. it's, it's a little different. It's You're more still getting a lot of views of video though. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't discredit yourself. <laughs> oh, well, thanks. But, yeah. but it's like, it's kind of been a slow grow, mm-hmm. you know? Like most people who have been on YouTube for seven years have a very different mm-hmm. look, you know, than mine does. And because yeah. it's educational. Yeah. And I have a really close connection with my community. Mm-hmm. And so Patreon allows them to support what I do so mm-hmm. that I can keep doing it and pay my bills, you know, imagine that. Yeah. Um, and it also gives them access to like uh, get some questions answered on live streams every month or mm-hmm. get a thank you card from me or get to hang out with other uh, community members and me and like just talk mm-hmm. about how therapy is going or questions they have. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's it's been, I mean, it's it's been a great resource for me. It allows me to, I couldn't have kept doing what I do. Yeah. I would have had to go continue working. And I don't know if I could have, I probably would have burned out, mm-hmm. you know, um, but Patreon doesn't, it's just, it's another layer or level of connectivity. Mm-hmm. And I think some people really, really crave that. And and mm-hmm. it's also like a low bar of entry. Like you could just give like $5, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And I've, I, I've seen at least on, on Instagram a little bit and a little bit on YouTube, um, how close you've kind of gotten with this community and how like, um, while you may not be like sharing 
as much personal information and, and stories or experience about yourself, um, that people do still have such a personal connection to you and that you're able to like experience that in different ways than you are when you're in your therapy hat. Um, like I saw even how you just mentioned of like getting a handwritten letter from you and, uh, I saw that people just like g- send you gifts all the time. Mm-hmm, they do. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I was like, that's so cool. And like, it just it just shows like the sense of community that you've developed. And it, it's I'm just curious what curious what that's like for you because it's it's very different than how you would handle it as a therapist. Yeah, it is very different um, because like having connection with your therapist outside of session isn't. I don't mm-hmm. think it's appropriate you yeah. know, most of the time unless there's an emergency. Yeah. Um, and so I think, I think that's where it differs. Like, because I'm not their therapist, mm-hmm. I'm just a, a resource. I'm a, mm-hmm. a supportive person in their life that hopefully encourages them to make good decisions mm-hmm. for their own mental health. Um, but yeah, they do. They send me gifts to my PO box and uh, we do hangouts. And, mm-hmm. and I f- it's funny because I've gotten to the point with a lot of, of my uh, community members and viewers where I like, I've known them for years. Yeah. And, and so I think that, I think there is something to be said for like the difference of relationship between me being a therapist. Again, that's why like someone who was a fan couldn't be a patient of mine because yeah. the dynamic would be off. But there is a cool thing to to feel like we're in it together and we've been doing this thing together for so long. And I think mm-hmm. Patreon gives that other layer where they feel like they're part of it more because, because mm-hmm. they're supporting the channel. Like yeah. they are part of it. They're like my, mm-hmm. my investors kind of. Yeah. Cause they're like, like I even have one, uh, one person on Patreon who's been on there since probably the first or second month I ever opened it. Mm-hmm. Um, because her two daughters like my channel. So she, she doesn't watch any of it really. I don't believe so, but she was like, they find it helpful. And so why wouldn't I support you? Mm. You know? Yeah. That's so sweet. Yeah. I mean, they're all the way in Switzerland. It's just cool. Like Mm -hmm. the the internet is an amazing, beautiful place. And I think the connectivity that we get within our community Mm -hmm. is really great. And I think it kind of, because of what I talk about is so uh, honest and vulnerable. And I think that's, it just lends itself to feeling more close, you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah, definitely. I've um I've definitely considered the idea of Patreon and just like kind of growing the podcast in that way. Um You should do it. And do it now. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I literally have the tabs pulled up on my laptop. Like they've been sitting in the tabs for like two weeks now. Um <laughs> but I'm like, yeah, it'll definitely be something I get to. Um but I think that that's such a beautiful thing to be able to do because it's, you know, yes, you're a therapist, you have this education, you have these tools, but then you're also making all of that so much more accessible to people and normalizing it and developing such a community around it. Like, even though you're not the viewers or the community's therapist, um, I'm sure that some people can see it as a sort of substitute or supplement. Um, Uh And I'm sure that just having that versus having nothing is like, very, very helpful. Um, and you know, you've, you've mentioned a a few times of like of your therapist or of how you've seen therapists. And I'm, I don't know if that's something that you've talked about publicly and just kind of what your, um, what your experience has been as a therapist in therapy. I know there's like stigma around that, but it's very common and very much encouraged. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, I talked about it publicly a lot because I think it's important that, Mm -hmm. Uh, that they know that it's okay for 
like I honestly think therapists should be yeah. in therapy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't have to be all the time. Like I definitely take breaks. Like mm-hmm. I've taken years off and yeah. then I'll come back. And I, but I think, I think a, it's important for me to know what it's like to be on the other side. Mm-hmm. I think that is key to just learning education, yes. better having more compassion for your patients. So there's that. Then I think it's also important that I have a place to go to vent about things too. I can't mm-hmm. be the secret keeper for everybody and not have anywhere to take that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so therapy is a nice safe place for it. And it also just keeps me in check mm-hmm. because we all have bad habits and things that we've, we've done or learned when we were growing up or we've learned as an adult that we don't like and we want to alter or, you know, do better with mm-hmm. X, Y, or Z. And so therapy reminds me of that. It's a good check-in, you know, I think, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just think it's really important and I feel like it should be a requirement. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think when, (laughs) this is always one of my favorite little stories to tell because it's (laughs) equally um, frustrating as it is just like eye rollable, um, which I guess could be the same thing. Um, But (laughs) when, uh, when I first went on the show on The Bachelor, uh, just when they announced the cast of, of who was going to be on that season and literally before anything of me was even shown on air, they just had the cast photo and my age and my occupation and it was mental health counselor. And mm-hmm. so much of the media was like, even literally I remember watching Jimmy Kimmel and he was like, oh, we got a mental health counselor. I don't know if you're going on a reality dating show. I think the mental health counselor might need a mental health counselor. <laughs> and like there was uh, like such this, uh, like that was such a comment that was like, no, like you're a therapist. No, I think you, you're, you're the one that needs therapy. And it was in such this negative tone that like so much of me was just like, yeah, I, I am also in therapy. And what? Yeah. And what about that? <laughs> yeah. Like, don't wouldn't you want to see someone who's also making sure their own shit's in check? Yeah. I mean, I, w- I don't know about you, but I would never want to, I would never want to see a therapist who said I'd never been in therapy. Yeah. That would, oh God, I've actually never even considered that thought before. And like thinking about that as a real life possibility is no thank you. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, like, I'm sure they're out there, mm-hmm. like uh, 100%. I mean, I even had people that I went to graduate school with who'd never been in therapy and didn't plan on it. And I'm like, mm, yeah, you know, I, I, I don't know. It's like, we all have so much work we can, we can do. And even when things are just going fine and, you know, we feel generally happy, there are still things that we can check in with ourselves on. And even when we, when we feel like we're in a good place, life is always happening. Like life is yeah. always going to throw shit at you. <laughs> totally. And we're not infallible. It's like you think, uh, I mean, I like to think of physical health the same way I think mm-hmm. about mental health. And would you think your doctor is ridiculous for having his own doctors? Mm-hmm. He can't be a yeah. doctor to himself. Like, I can't therapize myself. No, nope. that that wouldn't benefit me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and so I think that like the stigma around us getting help needs to end mm-hmm. because we should be getting like shouldn't we practice what we preach? Isn't that yes. like a whole phrase we use? And mm-hmm. like I, I just feel like I prefer like I personally would prefer to see a therapist who I know has been in therapy, and I'd be I'd feel fine. I've even asked my therapists in the past if they've been in therapy. So I think that that's a completely fair question. Yeah, I think it is too. Um, And really important just to A, feel that kind of like relatability with them that they can empathize with your experience in some way. Um, 
and so so I'm assuming that's that has been a part of your self care. But I'm also curious, and and as we wrap up here, I just want to um, a good takeaway point for people um, of just kind of what your self-care does look like. And it sounds like therapy is a big part of that, but didn't know if there were other things you could share with people um, of how you take care of yourself. Yeah. I mean, it changes all the time, which I think is kind of important for people to know that like if something stops working for you, you can change it. Don't have to keep doing that thing. Um, There's quite a few things I do. Um, I take breaks Mm -hmm. because I can't, I'm not a, I'm not a robot. I'm not a machine. So like throughout my day, I'll take little breaks, whether that's to call my mom, who's Mm -hmm. a supportive person in my life. So that's a total positive. Um, or if that is to catch up with an old friend, I definitely Mm -hmm. connection with people and socialization is really important to me. Yeah. So making time for those conversations and getting together for dinner, those are all things I've always incorporated and I make Mm -hmm. sure to do that. Yeah. Um, Just as you've like created this community online, also having that community in your personal life and in in real life is so important. Yeah, exactly. Agreed. Mm -hmm. And so that's something I take a lot of time to do. I also go on walks uh, two Mm -hmm. to three times a week where I listen to podcasts, crime podcasts. I love Mm -hmm. crime and mystery. can't help myself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that's like a break for my brain. I don't, I'm not beholden to anybody. I'm not engaging with anyone else. Mm -hmm. It's like my, because I am definitely more of an introvert than an extrovert. And so even though I need that socialization, I do need my alone time. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's how I find that I do yoga, like not hot yoga, like usually, (laughs) right? Like regular, regular temperature yoga. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've been, my goal has been to go twice a week. Um, Mm -hmm. just because I think it's, it's just good for my body and my mind. Um, I also journal sometimes Mm -hmm. it's changed over the years. I used to write it out by hand because that felt better, more cathartic. Now I'll Mm -hmm. type things out and then delete them sometimes when I'm just angry or Mm -hmm. overwhelmed. Um, so I definitely do that. Yeah. And then, you know, every so often, like everybody else, I'll take vacations when I can afford them and take the time off Mm -hmm. or just go get a massage or a pedicure. It depends on what I can afford and the time I have, you know? Yeah. The, the journaling one is one I've talked frequently about, um, on the podcast and that a lot of people, inquire and and ask about on social media um, that it's a very difficult thing to start and to maintain. And I think um, I I appreciate the the process that you just shared. And I'm curious if if you have any other tips regarding that. Like I know for me, I try to just journal one page. And Mm -hmm. by the time I get to the end of that page, I've kind of wrapped it up with an optimistic viewpoint. And (laughs) I usually always start with my first sentence, I feel, insert an emotion and just Mm -hmm. go from there. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of ways. I think people often think that when you say journal, it's like, how do I start? What do I even say? Mm -hmm. Um, And also just keeping in mind that if you are a ruminator, if you're one of those people that really struggles to let go of things that happened, Mm -hmm. journaling might not be the best for you. Or you might do like me where you write it and they delete it or you tear it up or something. Um, and so that can be kind of cathartic and feel good as well. Mm -hmm. Um, but for, I used to write like a ton, I used to Mm -hmm. like almost keep a diary pretty much. Yeah. But, but now, uh, more what I do is during the day, I try to just pause, even if I'm in my car in traffic, I live in LA. So Mm -hmm. all the time, Mm -hmm. um, and I'll just try to think of like two or three emotions that I've experienced that day because Mm. otherwise we kind of just white knuckle it and we don't pay attention. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think I see that as a form of like checking in journaling. It's like helpful. And then I can write that down later Mm -hmm. um, or I can vent it out or I can bullet point. A lot of people prefer bullet points. Like today was shitty because blank, blank, blank. Mm -hmm. Tomorrow could be better. Um, This is what I'm, you know, these are things I'm going to try to do. Whatever you want to say. 
I write letters I don't send. I, um, I write letters I do send when they're filled with love and I want to share that with someone. Um, I think, I think journaling can be a lot of different things. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to look or feel like someone else's does. It's like your process. So Mm -hmm. just kind of let it take shape. Cause like I said, over the years, mine's changed a lot. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, those are just Mm -hmm. some of the ways you can do it. Yeah. No, thank you. That, that makes a lot of sense. And I think that the, that the deleting part could be very, very cathartic. Yeah. It's like, and I'm moving on. Yeah. Um, because I'm definitely more of a ruminator. So I'm mm-hmm. like, and I've gotten it out and it's, I'm putting it away. Yeah. Bye-bye. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just got to get it out. <laughs> For exactly. me, I'm like a real verbal person. So I'm like me always, too. I'm always like, okay, yes. who can I call right now? Because I got to get this out. <laughs> same, same. And that's like, I'll try, try my mom. If she's not available, I'm calling my friend and then I'm yep. going to call my husband. And, yeah. Until I can vent mm-hmm. it to somebody. Yeah. 100%. I wonder yeah. if this is a... Uh, just a average symptom of being a therapist that you're a big talker and got to talk things out. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's why we're like, we, we, you know, gravitated towards that. Yeah. We're like talking things out feels so good. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. <laughs> awesome. And so just, I mean, we've talked a little bit about some of the ways where people can find you, but um, do you want to share like what your YouTube channel is and where, where they can um, find you on Patreon and I'll include the links to all those things in the episode notes. So everyone can go find you, but, um, if you just want to share what all those platform platforms are with everyone. Yeah, of course. Um, I'm pretty much Katie Morton, K A T I M O R T O N across all social media. That's mm-hmm. where you can find me. Um, my book, are you okay? Is available wherever books are sold, whether that's Amazon is probably the easiest. Yeah. Um, but you know, Barnes and Nobles, wherever, mm-hmm. um, even your local library, if you can't afford it, you can go ask if they'll pick it up for you because then that makes it accessible to everybody. Yeah. Um, and my Patreon is just Katie Morton as well. Awesome. That that was very easy. Yeah, <laughs> just it's Katie just Morton. Katie Morton. <laughs> just look for me. You'll find me. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much. I mean, I very much enjoy talking with other therapists and just kind of, you know, being able to speak some of this language again and um, all of your input in terms of, you know, being a public person and working as a therapist is super insightful and I think just really helpful for not only students and people becoming therapists and people that are therapists, but also people that have no idea even what therapy looks like and have never been to just kind of have a better understanding of like what it can be like to be a therapist and what what that what that can look like for people. So Yeah. No, thanks yeah. for having me. This is great. And it is interesting just to talk. People don't usually ask me about this side of things. It's mm-hmm. more like how like more prescriptive than this. So that was kind of nice just to share the behind the scenes. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. And hopefully maybe we'll have you on again another time and it can be the opposite of of this. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'd love to. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode with Katie. And I hope you guys really enjoyed it. I am so, so happy that I got the chance to talk to her about some of this stuff. And hopefully it answers some of your guys' questions that you've had um, to me about being a public therapist and um, also just learning awesome things from Katie. And I definitely hope you guys check out her channels. And she has so many resources available and herself is a great resource. So make sure you check her out. Um, And then also I love getting your guys' reviews on iTunes. So if you want to head over there and leave a review or a rating. Um, and if you have topics or guests that you want to see on the podcast, you can send those to ask.letstalkaboutit at gmail.com. And that does it for today. And thank you guys so much for listening and being a part of this with me. And I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your week and I will talk to you next time. 
This podcast is brought to you by Wave Podcast Network. Check out all of our shows, including the Brain Candy Podcast, I Don't Get It, Coffee Convos, and Let's Talk About It.